Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. I want to first and foremost thank you to Jesus Christ for showing up this morning. <laughs> the Bible does say where two or three are gathered, he is here. And um, I so appreciate our worship team that keeps the focus on Jesus, that really brings us into his presence. And, and God's so faithful to us that that his presence resides here, and and I'm just so grateful for it. Actually, my voice is a little hoarse because I was singing so hard this morning and so loud as well. I was just like, I'm giving my best to you, Jesus. And um, it was so wonderful. Well, we are going to continue on um, our series, The Idea That Changed the World. And um, if you haven't been with us for the last few weeks, um, you're going to kind of jump in on the middle. So I'm going to try to catch you up real quick, um, and then we're going to jump right into it. So what we are doing um, about this in this series is we're looking at a children's book, What to Do with an Idea. I would encourage you to purchase this book and uh, make it one of your um, Christmas traditions, because when you understand this little egg or this little guy in the book, if we think of what the crown represents is Jesus Christ, our King. He's not just an idea. He is the idea that changed the world. And uh, we, every week, are going through this book and understanding the parallels to the grand narrative of what God has for us and understanding where we find ourselves in this story. The first week, we talked about that, that God knew you before you were born And he purposed you to be on this earth. You are not an accident. You have a real purpose for being here on earth by design. Week one. Week two. Uh, You think that you chose Jesus, but guess what? Jesus chose you first. I love that thought because sometimes we kind of feel like, hey, yeah, we said yes to Jesus and it somehow we're like trying to win favor with God. But God was always chasing us down. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, he found us. That's great news. And then today we're going to talk about a challenge that we have sometimes of thinking about that God is out there when in reality God wants to be here close with us now you know that because you were here and you experienced God this morning you experienced his presence through the Holy Spirit but sometimes when life gets difficult we feel distanced from God now we're going to talk about how that distance is probably your perspective as opposed to your reality. I want you to turn to your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you, i read you a verse. It's not in John, but keep going to John chapter 15. Just, you can do two things with once. You girls can do that. You guys that can't do that, like me, then you can pause for a moment, but I still want you to get to John 15. Proverbs 8.24 says this. I love this proverb. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend 
who sticks closer than a brother. This friend that the person who wrote this in Proverbs is talking about is the presence of God, and I'm going to say Jesus. Today, we're going to be talking about Jesus as our friend. Now, the interesting thing that a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I don't know about you if you grew up with brothers. I had two older brothers, one younger sister, but there's something about a brotherly bond, and I know that in my own home. I've got two sons. They're seven years apart, and my, my oldest son is a senior in high school, and, uh, and my youngest is in fifth grade, my other boy. And I've got a, this beautiful girl who's turning her sweet 16 on Tuesday. And um, yes, I'm so, so excited to celebrate with her. Unfortunately, she's having knee surgery the same day of her birthday. So it's not, it's not so exciting for her. But, um, but I, these brothers, they've, they've, they've stayed in the same room for years together. And just a couple weeks ago, my oldest moved up to the attic. We finished a little room off for him so he could have a little space. And at the time, it was like, hey, mom, dad, we want this space. And, and you know, now that I, I wasn't really interested in having more work to create more space, but now that I've seen the process, okay, it's the, the, the process of releasing him, creating a little more separation. But I'll tell you what, the first week that these two brothers weren't in the same bedroom, hearing each other snore and make other bodily noises... <laughs> It was hard because they're good friends. But there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother because Ethan's going to go off to college. And as much as these brothers love him, they're not going to be able to be together always. The scripture says a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You see, there's a couple problems that we have in our world today is, is we have, there's a lot of people who believe in God. Pew Research tells us that 60% of New Hampshire people believe in God. I, I don't know. They say statistically, though, only 2% of people go to church in New Hampshire this idea that they, you believe in a God that's out there is called deism. It's a worldview called deism. And unfortunately, it's, it's, a, it's a wrong worldview because it's not true. But as long as you keep feeling like God is out there, then you perceive that God doesn't really care about your life and what you're going through day to day. The proper worldview is actually... The terminology is a theistic worldview. You don't need to remember those words, by the way. But it's this idea that God is the creator of the universe, but he also wants to be actively engaged and involved in your life. And this is why the Christmas story is so beautiful. That God chose to come to earth. Remember the Trinity. So when we talk about God coming to earth, okay, Jesus is a part of the Trinity. Jesus arrived on the scene. Why? Because God wanted to be close to people. Emmanuel, God with us. 
Not only that, that when Jesus left the earth, he says it's good because he's going to give you the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, God is with us everywhere we invite him to be because the Holy Spirit can do that. He can be everywhere at all the time. That's good news for us. Because God wants to be close to us. He wants to be engaged with us. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to be close. He wants to be our friend. This idea of God really wanting to be my friend, Jesus really wanting to be my friend, I don't know what you think about that. But he does. John 15, starting at verse 13, says this, or starting at verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So he starts with love. We know that God is love. Pastor Richie talked about this already today in our worship time. Greater love has no one than this, than someone than someone laying down his life for his friends. Talking about Jesus. Even though these are Jesus' words, he's talking about what he's going to be able to do for us. He laid down his life. He says in verse 14, You are my friends. If you do what, I've command, do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. Now it's interesting, he he does put a little bit of a, I will call you friends if. A little bit conditional here. He says if you do what um, he commands. Why? It's not because he's authoritative. You better do. It's like, hey. Would you listen to my voice as I'm close to you, as I'm instructing to you, as you're in the word, and you actually have this love relationship with me that when I tell you something that you actually want to do it, because you know that I care for you and I love you? See, he starts with love, then he goes to do what I command, I'll call you a friend. I love this one, the verse afterwards, verse 16, says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. There it is, that scriptural evidence that we talked about in week number two. He chose us and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. I want to, I was going to end there, but I think it's important that I hit verse 18 for a moment because I think sometimes we come to Christ and we expect that all your life is going to work out. But I'll tell you what, life is hard. You're going to experience pain. You're going to experience death of loved ones. You're going to experience fighting amongst husbands and wives. You're going to experience disappointment. You're going to experience hardship you're going to experience rejection verse 16 says this sorry 18 if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you 
If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Meaning, sometimes the things of this world are just going to cut you the wrong way. You see, if God chose you and I, selected us out of this world, and placed us into a family, and by the way, that's why church is so important. That's God's, this is God's family. And he's, he's entrusted me as a pastor and your pastoral team to help talk to you and guide you and shepherd you and care for you in this family to help you understand what the kingdom of God is all about. Because the world, the kingdom of this world is not the kingdom of God and it will be in conflict with each other and this is why we need each other. But getting back to the main point, he no longer calls you a servant. He calls you a friend. Now a servant happens to be, we don't live in a culture today where there's servitude. Maybe if you're a mom and dad and you have some kids, your kids might think they're in servitude. But the reality is, is we sometimes even in our view of God, if we view God way up here or Jesus just as the King of Kings, and we don't realize that he wants to be close and relationally and our friend, we could just feel like my job is just to serve the master, which is a part of that. But the other side of it is this nature of God, which is through Jesus Christ, he wants to be our friend. That's closer than a brother. Have you ever had someone discourage you about Jesus? Oh, you're going to become one of those? Don't get all religious on me now. Are you a Jesus freak? And with boldness, you say, Yes, I am. <laughs> I like Mike Visaki. You call Victoria V. Sounds so. Victoria. So you just do the V move. The next time somebody just starts giving you problems about Jesus, you just go, you just don't know my Jesus. I went down south again for a little moment. I don't know. I haven't spent much time down there. I think I might want to go visit sometime. They might boot me back up north. It's like, those are bad imitations. But I want to encourage us. Because there's a lot of discouragement in the world today. You might feel discouraged. I want you actually to be very honest with this room before the Lord. If you feel discouraged, raise up your hand. If you feel discouraged. Thank you. You can put it down. This verse is for you the opposite of discouragement is courage. 
And I want to place some courage inside of you this morning. We're going to get to reading this story in a moment. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it's the account of Moses before they get ready to go into the promised land. And Moses is too old. He's 120. And Joshua's going to lead his crew. And by the way, to take the promised land, there's going to be a lot of enemies you've got to overcome. And one of those enemies is discouragement. And this is what he says. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. He's right there beside you. In the midst of life, when it's difficult, when you feel discouraged, and when you feel distant from God, He's not. He's right there with you to lead you, to champion you, to encourage you. And you know there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who will tell you, ah, where's your God now? Because look at your life. It's not going so well for you, is it? Don't you love when people like to do that? Job had some friends like that. If you know the account of Job in the Old Testament... He had some friends that when Job's life was going horribly wrong, they had all the reasons why Job wasn't in favor with God. They didn't really know what God was doing. But I want to encourage you this morning that when you feel the naysayers, you feel the discouragement, you need to be okay with you and Jesus. Because he's your rock, not those other people. They're your shifting sand. But Jesus is your rock. He's your rock. He is the person that you can build your life on. And he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The one that will, you can tell anything to. And guess what? They're not going to be shaking their head at you. They're going to be like, tell me. Tell me more. What are you feeling right now? I think God can handle it. You're discouraged. You're angry. You're mad. You're depressed. Tell him everything that's on your heart. He already knows, but he wants to be close. He wants to give you comfort. Emmanuel. We love to talk about the quality of God during the Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus with us. The Holy Spirit with us. You see, maybe we spend too much time thinking about what our fake book friends think. Maybe you should care about what Jesus thinks. And he thinks this. 
He thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're special. He thinks that his heart breaks when your heart's breaking. He thinks that he sees your situation and when you run the opposite direction because you don't think that God's there, he's like, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. Don't run away. I want to be there for you. Because he's that kind of friend. He wants to be close. He wants to whisper things of encouragement in your ears. He wants to place dreams inside of you that blow your mind. Like, you would entrust me, God, with that? (laughs) Do you realize what a mess up I am? (laughs) And he says, I know. But come on, we'll do it together. We'll do it together. I'm not going to put you out there alone for you to fail. We'll do it together. Because, by the way, it's not by your might. It's not by your strength. It's not by your will. It's not by your talent. It's by the love and power of Jesus Christ. He just gives us the privilege to join him in his work and his ministry. All right, I want to go to the story now. All right, what do you do with an idea? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to start reading the story differently now. This idea, which somebody actually just gave me two minutes before I came up on this uh, platform. I don't know where they got the idea from, but it's a great idea. Um, But I want you to look at this idea, and I'm going to read the story differently as Jesus. This is Jesus. As you remember at the beginning of the story, I'm not going to read it again, that, that this idea shows up, or Jesus shows up, and remember, Jesus found us first. And so here's this journey that the boy starts to take, understanding, trying to figure out this relationship with Jesus or this idea. So we pick it up here. Again, what do you do with an idea written by Kobe Yamada, illustrated by May Bosom. It it wanted food. In other words, Jesus wanted food. He wanted to play. Actually... He wanted a lot of attention. Jesus grew bigger in my life. And we became friends. I want you to understand, as you go through this book, the, the artists were amazing in this, and understanding the placement of Jesus, or the idea, the colors Look at the boy's face certain times, the smile, the frown. I showed Jesus to other people, even though I was afraid of what they would say. I I was afraid that if people saw him, they would laugh at him. I was afraid they would think Jesus was silly. And many of them did. They said he was no good. They said he was too weird. They said 
He was a waste of time. And he would never become of anything in my life. And at first, I believed them. I actually thought about giving up on Jesus. I almost listened to them. I want to pause there for a moment because I know when life gets so difficult that you begin to question whether or not he really is making a difference in your life. And you might start listening to these other voices that say, just give up. Where is he now? Isn't your life supposed to look better? Don't listen to the lies. But then I realized that what do they really know? And you, some of you need to say that. What do you really know? This is my Jesus, I thought. No one knows him like I do. And it's okay if he's a little different, a little weird, and maybe a little crazy. <laughs> I decided to protect him, to care for him, this relationship that we had started to foster ad-living. I fed him good food. I worked with him. I played with him. But most of all, I gave him my attention. Most of all, I gave him my attention. And my relationship with him grew and grew, and so did my love for him. This Christmas, this Christmas, give your attention to Jesus. He wants it, and He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. But we can set him down. We can listen to the scoffers. We can listen to the naysayers. We can listen to our discouragement. We can listen to our sorrow. We can listen to our fears. We can listen to the world. We can listen to all the voices who will tell you that Jesus does not make a difference in your life. And I'm here to tell you That Jesus is the idea that changed the world. Why? Because God wants to be close to us, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus himself says he wants to be our friend. Not just the Lord of our lives, which is true. We need to make him the Lord of our lives which put the authority of his word in our life. He's the king of the kingdom. But he's just not out there. He's here. We talk about inviting Jesus into our heart. The reality is what we're asking is we're asking for his presence to be in us the Holy Spirit that's why he can be this friend closer than a brother 
You can't get any closer than him residing inside of you. And he wants to be there to encourage you, to give you hope, to give you purpose, to give you direction. And he's saying, come with me. We've got this incredible journey. We've got this incredible destination to go on, this this incredible place that we're going to do together. But along the way, you're going to get people who will discourage you. You're going to get people who will try to tell you, why are you following Jesus? That's foolish. Why do you waste your time going to church? That's crazy. Why do you read your Bible? Is that religious? And then you say, no. I found Jesus. He's my friend. Who I share secrets with. Who I cry with. Who I laugh with. Who I dream with. wants to be in my life. He wants to be close. See, this is why I love the fact that we didn't have our life together before Jesus chose us. He chose us while our life was still a mess. <laughs> Which shows us that even if your life is still a mess now, He still wants to be close. It's us who steps away from Him when our life gets a little crazy. Yes, does he want us to be obedient to his word? Absolutely, because he knows that's where we're going to find peace. That's where we're going to find prosperity in our life, when we are obedient to God's ways. But I think we feel like sometimes we just have to have it all together. And I don't think God really cares. He wants to be close. You see, you'll change if you feel God's love. You pursue his, his word if you know that he's not there to judge you, because he's not. The Bible says that he does not condemn us. But he loves us. And he wants to be our friend. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus in this way, where Jesus wants to be your friend, don't even know what a friend like this actually means but if you feel something in your heart saying I want a friend like that so close non-judgmental share anything with always there never leaves me even when I mess up if your heart is resonating with that just slip up your hand real quick slip up your hand real quick to know Jesus as a friend that you said, you know what, I've never really known him that way. Just slip up your hand real quick. Slip, yeah, all over the room. All over the room. Because it's easier sometimes to view God out there and then we mess up and we feel like he's judging us and it's, it's the lie of the enemy. Because the reality is he wants to be your friend.
there are some of you here this morning that have taken Jesus and you've set him over there. He's no longer close. You've done it. You've purposely placed him there. And Jesus is saying, would you allow me to be close to you again? He will never force himself on you. He always invites himself to be close. Would you just quietly in your heart say, Jesus, come close to me again. And the reality you'll find when you say, Jesus, come close to me again, you'll realize he never left your side, but you've just chosen to walk away from him. He's still always been there. You think you're getting away, but he's close. All you need to do is acknowledge him again. I wonder if there's some here today that would say, I've never even made a decision to follow Jesus. I want him in my life. Can we just close your eyes for a moment? If you say that I've never made the decision to ask Jesus into my life, to be a part of my life, and you are here today and you would like to ask him to be a part of your life, would you just acknowledge that just so I could pray with you? Just slip up your hand if you want to say thank you so much. Anybody else? I've never chosen. Thank you so much. Anybody else? I just want to make sure I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Make sure our eyes lock just so I know. For those three people that raised their hands, this is what I'd like to pray with you. And you can just kind of repeat it under your breath. Jesus, I'm sorry for living my life on my own. I've tried to do it myself. And today I'm making a decision to invite you to be a part of my life. Sorry for all of the sin, the junk of my past. I want to live for you, Jesus. Live for what you say in your word. Do my best to follow you in your kingdom. Thank you for going to the cross for me, for taking care of all of my sin. Thank you for going to the grave, but coming back alive, coming back alive again to conquer death once and for all, to know with assurance that when we die, that we are going to spend eternity with you. That today the kingdom starts for us. The kingdom of God starts for us today. Those who have said that prayer. And we know the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Father, I also pray for those who have faced discouragement in this room today. Father, I just pray that they would come to a place of drawing close to you again. That they would not listen to the, to, to the lies of discouragement. They would not listen to the fears. That, Father, that they would realize that you want to be close and you want to be a friend. And, Father, that they would have courage to pick you back up and put you placed back in their life again. Father, not listening to the, the craziness of this world. Not listening to the naysayers of this world. But, Father, only listening to what you are whispering in their ears. I love you. I love you. Come close.
so Jesus we come close to you this Christmas season we choose to pay attention to you not the busyness not the parties not the shopping we pay attention to you and foster a relationship with you and know that you want to be our friend you call us friend you call us friend Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 